Welcome back folks. It's been a long year for many of us, all surviving throughout the challenges COVID-19 has thrown at us. One challenge families in particular may have struggled with this year are those that had school-aged children who had to revert into emergency remote learning from home. These families all had to manage having their children at home learning while managing work commitments, ICT issues, space in the home and all the stress that COVID also entailed. For many families, this is a mode of learning that they never want to revisit. However, it is the everyday reality for students in remote locations in Australia and has been for over a century. Australia is actually a world leader in the provision of distance education schooling, having started distance education over a century ago. Initially, it was in the form of half-time schools, then correspondence schools, school of the year, distance education schools, and more recently, the implementation of access network. Beyond the pandemic, Australian education has a lot to learn from students, families, and teachers who access schooling in this way, and it's important we remember them after the pandemic ends. Recognising this issue, the Isolated Children's Parents Association of Australia, a support and advocacy network for our most remotely located learners, announced December the 1st to be National Geographically Isolated Distance Education Day. Today we discuss the importance of this day and its relevance to the future of education in Australia. Again, so we're here with Alana Moller from the Isolated Children's Parents Association. Alana, could you just tell us briefly about uh, your role in the association? Yes, yeah, so I'm the federal president of the association. We actually have um, three levels of the association, which is at a federal level, um, dealing with federal education issues uh, for geographically isolated students. Uh, then we have state councils who deal with state issues re relating to um, education for rural and remote geographically isolated students. And then we also have a branch level. So um, very much a grassroots organisation and uh, our policy and, and aim is around uh, achieving educational equity for geographically isolated students um, and trying to alleviate some of the challenges or, or assist with some of the challenges that uh, those students face. Excellent, thanks Alana. Um, we might <laughs> then ask what some of those challenges that students face are. I know Natalie had some uh, questions for us around that topic. So Natalie, I'll hand over to you. Uh, thanks, Bill. Uh, so Alana, um, Tuesday the 1st of December was the National Day for Geographically Isolated Distance Education um, and that's one of the main ways that very isolated students access their education. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the purpose behind that day and why we need a day for awareness of distance education? Yeah, so um ICPA declared uh, the 1st of December as Geographically Isolated Distance Education Day just to um, provide some awareness around the fact that many of our families our, our, and our members um, actually have to teach their children at home through distance education um, all the time and have done so for generations in geographically isolated areas and um, on cattle properties, um, sheep properties across across Australia for for generations because they of where they live they have no access to everyday uh, mainstream education uh, and the reason we decided to um, that some awareness was needed is is off I guess off the back of the COVID situation where pretty much the whole of Australia went to teaching at home um, it's it, we just felt like there needed to be um, 
a recognition that there are families out there who have to do that all the time and, and we saw the challenges that it um, brought up across the whole of Australia and, and our families have, have those challenges all the time, providing a schoolroom, providing the resources and technology and, and a person in the schoolroom to uh, make sure that the children are, are um, being educated to the best of of the possibility in that situation. So um, it, it was, we wanted to um, portray a really positive um, perspective of what happens in, in uh, geographically isolated distance education and um, and in a roundabout way, just show people just how important it is that, that it's recognised that there are those families who have to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a, a great opportunity too, wasn't it? Because as you said, everyone was at home learning and suddenly the concerns around how applicable this is and the resourcing and the appropriate room and the impact on parents, like the parents on isolated properties, suddenly was in everyone's front and centre. So it really highlighted the, the contradictions in the previous language around, well, kids can access school online. Suddenly it wasn't all so, uh, so easy as everyone thought. Yes, yeah, so, so we, we found that, and, and not wanting to make light, light of the situation, you know, it, it wasn't it was a challenge for everybody and, and it's it's not wasn't fun um you know and so we, we certainly don't want to make light of that but it's just a recognition that that there are actually people out there who have to do that all the time and have to um find ways around the challenges that um their location being isolated which is what happened you know in the COVID thing people became isolated and and that's what they had to do to be able to educate their children and there are people who have to do that all the time and um, it, it's interesting, you, we've mentioned the comparison to COVID and that parents have to do this all the time. So there was um, a couple of interesting comments came up around um, the emergency remote learning. Um, and just wondering if I can get your thoughts, both you and Phil, on some of the, uh, the a couple of quotes that have come up from politicians and education authorities. So one of them is, we cannot allow a situation where parents are forced to choose between putting food on the table through their employment to support their kids and their kids' education. And then the other one is, the expertise of teachers is not going to be matched by parents, no matter how well-intentioned. Teachers are professional experts with motivational skills to engage reluctant learners in individuals, small groups, and whole class settings. Many parents will not have these attributes, nor will they have access to the student's peer group that is often leveraged by teachers. And I could go on, but I think that speaks for itself. So I'm just wondering whether you have any thoughts on that, Alana. Um, certainly, I, I think the biggest issue um, that, or, or the biggest thing that comes out of that uh, from ICPA perspective is that we talk about the fact that our families don't have choice at all or ever uh, in terms of what they have to do to educate their children. And so, um, when, you know, in those comments around that you shouldn't have to choose, um, we do have to choose. And we have parents who have to be in the schoolroom or in the classroom with their children all the time because of where they live. Um, and that point, I suppose, hasn't uh, necessarily been acknowledged. Um, so directly in the past as what uh, it perhaps has been when it when it became a, a mainstream situation. Um, in terms of the comments around um, the, I, I guess, suggestion that the education may not have been as good, um, that it, our parents have to do it all the time and our families have to do it all the time and they do the best they can in the situation they are. Um, 
but it just goes to show how challenging it is. And um, further, further on from distance education, it also helps to indicate, you know, if that feeling is out there that um, children don't get that um, in a distance education situation, don't get the interaction with their peers, their teachers, they don't get um, as high a quality level of education, then that also reflects why we have to send our children to boarding school down the track as well and, and why um, we, we don't keep them at home, why, why not all families keep them at home for distance education throughout their entire schooling because exactly that, they need to have interaction with their peers, they need to have interaction with their teachers, they need to be able to be provided with the holistic educational opportunities that can't be provided in a distance education situation. <coughs> And I think um, on those quotes, just to build on what you said there, Alana, that, that first one um, from, from the Prime Minister about parents choosing, indeed, indeed, you know, the choice is forced upon people in isolated settings. They, you know, they don't have that choice, as you say, and uh, they're, they're the ones putting food on the table of Australia and putting fibre for everything else that we engage with for Australia. So and they're providing the very things that the, the quote is saying they have a question mark between, which um, seems somewhat ironic, I guess. I think the second quote then that Nat used from, uh, which actually comes from AITSL, the Institute of Teaching and School Leadership, which does the teacher school registration and professional standards, really highlights the notion that, you know, for that agency which governs education, schooling happens in school buildings, whereas for so many of your members, it doesn't. And by legislation, it doesn't because it recognises that there has to be a parent in the room. So there's this contradiction that you're forced into a form of education that actually requires you to be in the room uh, but doesn't actually address the very things that the or quote says professional education uh, achieves. So there's really interesting examples that Nat's chosen there of, uh, of the policy framework really not actually understanding the experiences of people like your members in these isolated locations. Yes, yeah, absolutely. All, all, chosen, all, all chosen quotes there, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess that, that's um, all very negative. Um, from the parents that I've spoken to, you included, Alana, there's actually quite a lot of positives as well that um, we can actually learn from in a school setting. Uh, I'm just wondering if you can talk to a couple of those, Alana, uh, both of your, as your experience as a parent who is teaching through distance education and also the in your presidential role. Sure, Nat. So, um, as you said, that some of that was very negative. And as, as I also said earlier on, you know, we don't want to make light of the the challenging situations that arose this year because you know it, it was a challenge for everybody across the board. And I, I think, um, you know in terms of for, for us who, who do it all the time or for families and, and parents who do it all the time, it, it um, gave, uh, we could give advice and we could give assistance to, to other people to show what some of the, the great things that do happen in our school rooms because some great things really do happen and um, the relationship you develop with your children and, and um, when you're all having to be bunched together and work together all the time is, is absolutely probably one of the most positive things about the situation and um, knowing that you taught your child how to read and write, you taught your child how to add up, you know, because ultimately in the school room, even though there is a teacher based at, at a school, you know, and I absolutely um, credit those teachers, um, that on the ground, face-to-face -face things happen with the parent or the, or the tutor that's in the school room. And um, there is no more um, 
pleasurable experience than the day that, that you've been teaching something to your child and, and they get it. And you know that you're the person who is responsible for that. Um, so, so that's certainly a very positive thing. And, and it's not necessarily a um, uh, lesser education because you're able to include them in so much of the rest of your life. Um, distance education in a geographically isolated situation doesn't work unless the whole family is there and a part of it. And, and so there's that opportunity for um, dad to be in the schoolroom, for, for siblings to be doing things together that ordinarily in a regular classroom or a regular school setting wouldn't be achievable. And, and so I certainly think that that relationship side of things and the opportunity to be a, a major part of children's learning is important. In saying that um, the move away from distance education when they get older or, or at some time, you know, we're talking about boarding school and that sort of thing, um, it is something that as parents in the situation, you know you need to do to be able to offer them um, a, a broader range of perspectives, but always you will know that you've given them the grounding to get them to, to the level that they're at. And, and that is, there's, there's a real sense of achievement in that. And I hope that um, throughout the COVID situation that parents who have had to take over and, and become their, um, the, the primary teacher with, for their children feel that achievement as well, that they've, they've managed to get to survive that and get through that. And, and the children are, are in general probably not worse off for it. And actually, Alana, I, I notice a lot of what you touched on there is, is um, based upon everything that we talk about quality teaching to be, you know, relationships uh, involving the family, um, schools not just combined to the schoolroom, it's, it's everyday learning. Um, so all those things are quite important as well. So. Yeah, it's certainly and a holistic approach to education is, you know, is absolutely essential. It's not just about the curriculum on the page and, and, um, and, and certainly that's, you know, on the other side of the coin, it's not just about the curriculum on the page. And that's why teaching at home and teaching your kids at home is uh, such a big job. I think that's one of the benefits from, from this period too, isn't it? It's that more people are aware of what happens in, in their children's schooling and have become more connected to it. In getting away from that that separation or that institutionalization of schooling suddenly when it's happening around the kitchen table and everyone's at home it reconnects people with what kids are learning which parents can can grow that use those examples make those connections become part of the family life not just what they go off to do i know um people listening to a, to a podcast can't see uh, the visual but you know I'm, I'm looking at the room behind you on our on our video screen here and i've got examples of students work all around the walls and the roof that I can see, you know, um, which is you know, just part of that. You were saying the whole family has to get involved. Here's a whole location in your house. That's, that's part of it as well. I think that the last comment that I'd, I'd make and um, to build on previous comments that we had made and, uh, and discussions that, you know, the experts in how to do this distance learning are many of your members because they've been doing it for years. It's no small feat, as you said, to teach a uh, preliterate child how to read by doing it remotely, by distance education in a nice property. So the people that know how to make it work are very much the people here. So there's a, there's a whole wealth of knowledge for us to draw on as a system as these uh, online technologies expand. They're not just about pushing material out there. They're about making it meaningful, which is what you were, were referring to there, I think. Certainly, and, and it doesn't work unless, um, you know, the, the person in the schoolroom is 
doing that and 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 knows what to do and and you don't always know what to do but you you um over time you bring your own experience to it and, and you, you you do the best you can in the situation that you're in and uh the the fact that we've, we've got the people doing that across australia all the time really needs to be recognized and acknowledged yep celebrate the great work they do yeah absolutely absolutely it's, and and it's um we talk about being in challenge but it is it's it's also a positive and and uh great work that that these people are doing and and um what they achieve by getting their children through from p to six or whatever length of time it might be is is pretty incredible really it definitely is alana And, and I will, I, just if I can add, like, and that's been happening for generations. You know, we have three or four generations of families who mum taught their children all the way along and, and they've managed to run businesses to, you know, those, those children who've been taught by their mums over time, run businesses, um, have, have, you know, um, certainly not uh, been um, hindered by the situation. And I think, you know, as I said, that, that needs to be acknowledged that, that there are these people around Australia for some time who have been doing an amazing job without training, without support um, in the true sense of the word. You know, as I said, I, I can't not acknowledge the schools and the teachers there, but um, in the whole situation, it's generally um, mum or the tutor in a school room with the children who's responsible for all that happening. And I think that's one of the, the, the key key things that can come out of a day like 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 this is that this is going to this has been for generations, but likely will also be for generations, regardless of the changing technology. Because we've gone from the paper mailed out paperwork to the two way radio to, to degrees of video communication, but it's still it's still the same uh, situation. Someone in a in a location isolated from others accessing material supported at home so that's still going to continue so it's something that as a system we need to think about and hence that sort of ATOR quote that that references there you know we need to sort of be talking with those sort of agencies to sort of go well hang on a sec there's some people that aren't in this vision so let's focus on their needs and make the whole system better for everyone in the process absolutely and it's unrealistic to think that it will ever not need somebody in the schoolroom or, or you know another person a person there to manage and and um support the children there that's you know and while distance education continues in geographically isolated areas that person will be essential will continue to be essential and it's and it's part of the national trade-off when we we need food and fiber so we need food and fiber we need people producing food and fiber um the, those things can't be separated as much as people might um, imagine they can be so yeah yeah and and as it stands now you know with people in the situation of um being teaching their children at their place of business and their and their and where they live um you know it, it all has to work around that education of the children because um you know in in um most circumstances the education of of these these people's children is front and foremost in their lives and and the rest of their life has to work around that Thank you for joining us today, Alana. We really appreciate your time and expertise, both as a president and mother of distance education students. While we hope that we don't see a return to emergency remote learning, 
We do hope that we can continue to explore the issues it has raised about distance education schooling as an equity initiative and an everyday means of accessing schooling for many students in remote locations in Australia.